0: Love Talk Radio.
1: I hope you're tucked in, because you are now in bed with Dr. Sue. I
2: wasn't sure if that was even going to run. I put that in at the last minute. I forgot that it wasn't there. <coughs> Otherwise, like, I need someone to do me a new tune, man. I need a new intro tune. I will always keep this because I love his voice. It's just like, oh, I love that voice. Well, we're here. It's another Tuesday. It's October the 25th, 2016, and we're going to be discussing depression in the sex industry. Now, not necessarily just depression in the sex industry, because depression is everywhere, but we will cover a bit of it. it, This is more broad-based info. You don't have to be in the sex industry to gain some knowledge from this, obviously. So, but I I have to hurry. I'm I'm just, like, freaking out here. Okay, so I have a special co-host tonight, and she is magnificent, of course. You've probably heard of her from the Summer of Domination series I did last summer. But if you haven't, I can assure you, oh, my God, you will fall in love with this southern seductress. So I give you, my sweet listeners, the newfound key to your hearts, Miss Pate. (laughs)
3: Hi, (laughs) y'all. Thank you, Doc. Oh,
2: my God. See? Did I not? Like, are you kidding me? Everyone loves your voice. So Everyone's going to just be all all over the place with this.
3: Oh, thank you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, we got shout-outs. We're going to do the shout-outs, and then we're going to jump into this. And the reason why is we have, like, pages and pages and pages and pages of stuff to give to you. So... Um, let's get on with our shout-outs here. We've got a ton of shout-outs. I'm going to start with Bus Pimp, and you'll find him on Twitter, but you'll also find him at blackleatherpervert.blogspot.com. He is very cool, very obviously into leather, beyond anything you can imagine, loves the leather, loves hoods, everything. So don't be scared. I mean, he wears a hood. It's okay. Don't worry. He's not coming to get you or splash you. (laughs) Although I'm sure, you know, he would probably make a really good addition to, he could probably really do something scary for Halloween really easily. Like if he got totally dressed up and put the mask on and everything and just stood there with a chainsaw, that's all you'd really have to do. It looks really cool. But that's just because I really like Halloween. Other people would
3: probably crap. Anywho. (laughs) Halloween is pretty cool. Halloween rocks. It's the best time it of does. year. The absolute best.
2: Oh, my God. So I'm going to say hi really quickly because see I'm going off again. Um, Darla Donna, I love you. You're such a sweet pea. Of course, the best. She's in our chat room right now. The best goddess, Belladonna. If you want a really good Dom, other than, of course, Miss Peyton. Um, head over and check out Bella. She is absolutely wonderful. You can find her at femdomfetishcontentforsale.com. No numbers, just spell it all out. I know you can do that. And if you don't know one of the words, you just look it up online. You can do it. She um, is amazing. <laughs> me being facetious. I want to say hi to Carol and Christine <laughs> and Trista Morgan, who's also in our chat room, I see. And And my beautiful, (laughs) and look at how cute she is, Um, Gia, my beautiful Gia in France, who recently had a huge medical issue, but now she's much better back on her feet. I hope you're doing so much better, my sweet bee. Um, Please take care of yourself. Um, Who else? Andy, my Andy, my dead bear rising. We love you. He's always got my back. Always got my back. He's amazing. Um, who else have I got? Oh, our UK pals, Bright Eyes. You know Bright Eyes. I know you know Bright Eyes. Hi, Bright Eyes. <laughs> there you go. And the sweet cinnamon. I love you, Cinnamon. You're so sweet. And I'm going to say last but not least, you guys listen very carefully, okay? I want to say a very special shout-out to Sir Beast, who Hi, is Hi, Sir Best. Beast. Now, Sir Beast does things in his off time that you guys don't hear about. And he recently did something, and I'm not going to get into the details. It's is none of anybody's business. But <coughs> suffice it to say, our Bill is a hero because he saved um, one of our own. And that's all I'm going to say about it. But he saved this beautiful woman from a very bad situation. And quite literally rode in and rescued her and got her out of it. So I kudos, my friend, kudos for that. Because, you know, he didn't get any sleep. He drove for hours and hours and hours to get there and did very, very well. I did, I just, You guys are just amazing. And this just proves to me that all of our friends in our community are that. They are our friends. Okay, you got some trolls and some buttheads in there too. But, you know. For the most part, <laughs> you guys are really cool. I know my listeners are cool. But, you know, just keep that in mind. We've got a great community. Let's not screw it up. So let's not, you know, dwell on the crap and the idiots. Right? Right. Yeah. So, topic tonight. Oh, my Lord. We have all kind. Let me go check one second. I'm just going to check and see. We have people, people could be holding just to listen to the show that happens a lot. So let's just check and see. You ready? Here we go. Hi, you're in bed with Dr. Sue.
1: Lucky you. Hello. Hello. Who's this? Hi, yeah. Hi, it's Charles, first time uh, caller. Sorry, what is your name? Uh, My name is Charles. Charlie.
2: Hi, Charles. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you, Dr. Sue?
2: Good, so did you have a question Charles uh
1: yes, i do um well it's more like a um, um uh, I'll, i guess I'll give you a little background sure. um my um yes uh, my my wife and i we are Chinese but then we live mm-hmm. in the u s and um we uh we've been married for two years now and um we dated before that too and um when we um when we um uh, you know after a while she realized because even though she's Chinese, like she's now been with like a another Chinese man before she'd been mainly with like white men before
2: mm-hmm.
1: so what happened was that um uh, I guess when we explore our sexual needs, I guess that I wasn't fulfilling it for her, and okay. Um, Without even knowing it, like um we talk about how like if she can see another partner and uh that what she end up doing i oh. yes good and um with yes, and without even knowing it, um it was sort of like a um a cut cult relationship, which is like something I, which was like foreign to us at the time exactly but, uh, you, didn't, guess, you like, didn't
4: realize
2: that you were actually getting into that without right you know actually. Like you didn't even know there was a name for it in other words you guys just kind of tripped right.
1: over it right right I guess my um, well and the the things that for the longest like I, I wouldn't say for the longest time but like the first two or three months like I was very depressed because I thought that this was like a very unusual thing that we were doing and I thought right. that if I would tell anyone they would be like you know they would like jump out their seats or something mm-hmm. and um it wasn't until that my wife she came across uh one of your page, um I think one of your podcasts. You have a podcast mm-hmm. too as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. That she say that, okay, there's a group of people that, you know, are into this kind of relationship. So I guess my question is like, what can I expect from it? Oh
2: God, that's an open question, Charles. What can you expect <laughs> walked right it?
3: into that, Charles? Um, why not? Not, no,
2: and, and to be fair, because he's standing there going, okay, wait a minute. First of all, I didn't know this was even existed. So exactly. now I don't know what, the, what to expect or what's going to come up or what's going to happen. What right. you've got to remember, Charles, number one, you have to keep the lines of communication open with your wife, 100%. Right. It has to be right. 100% clear, open, and honest. It's the right. only way that this will work. Right. What to expect? Well, you've did you have you watched her have
1: sex with no. No, you? Want no, no, no. Um. Uh, no. I don't think I, neither one of us um had the desire for that. Um, okay. For me, it's just more like uh, you know, she's not really into uh, like she. I mean, I just want to emphasize that we do love one another and have a very of strong course. emotional connection. Right. Of course. But, and, like, some, sometimes, like, you know, like, we want to be politically correct and say that we don't have, like, we don't have a preference for a certain race. But the things that my wife made, she always been with, you know, white men in the past. So it was, you know, just something she preferred. And uh, I didn't take any offense to it on a personal level. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: So, are these men, so she's having sex with men that she's obviously, she's enjoying this, is, I'm assuming.
1: Yes, yes, okay. very much so. Yes. What
2: are you yes. getting out of this?
1: Are you um, aroused well, by this at all? No, I'm not aroused by it, I wouldn't say. But um, at the same time, after I realized that there are a group of people who are into this thing, it, makes, it does make me feel a little better.
2: okay. So you yeah. just kind of needed some reassurance that you weren't going crazy and that men actually do allow their wives to go fuck other men. Right. And, right. you know, then you, you don't feel like you're alone. The problem with cuckolding is it's not quite as open as swinging. And I think the reason right. why right. is because it's basically a female-led relationship and most people are still right. uncomfortable right. with women in dominant positions. So we don't right. think right. of it that way. So you're looking at a social stigma, and no one's going to sit down over a Starbucks and, you know, oh, so last night my wife had this guy. You should have seen it. It doesn't happen. We're not that evolved. So once you find out that you're okay, people are actually doing this, they're doing it well, they're having fun, that should take a little bit of load off. But what I'd like to see is for you to get something out of this. Because that's where the disconnect is right now. Most guys who right. do get into cuckolding, it's because they get aroused by watching their wife be pleased by someone else. That isn't really how you guys went into this. So you right. need to get something right. out of this in some way. Like, does it, does it turn you on to, say, for example, if she were to tell you about what it, what it was like to be with these guys, do you think that would turn you on?
1: Um, no, actually in the beginning it was very difficult in the beginning because, I mean, she does want me to be involved in that. Like, I mean, of course, like non-sexually, like she would, like, uh, I would do her hair and her nails and stuff like that oh, before she'd nice. her partner. Yes. Right. Yes. And, and like I say, like it's very, um, I guess a female-led relationship is very taboo in our oh, society, sure but like we're, yeah, but with us, like, I mean, she's always been the more, I guess, um, assertive partner, and I've always been, like, the more passive one. And, um, like, she does make all the decisions, but she do consult with me, and we do talk about it.
2: So the fact, okay, so you guys, you have this communication. It's, it's doing really, really well. She is having sex with other men. And, again, I'm trying to get back to... What is Charles getting from this?
1: Well, Are you um, happy I, with her
2: getting sexually satisfied?
1: Yes, I'm happy with that because um, I, um, I was diagnosed with a condition. is called testicular uh, dysgenesis, which means, like, the penis is stunted. And also, like, I also have other problems, too, such as premature ejaculation and unable okay. to maintain an erection. So, right. So it's always something that like, I struggle with, and, um, and make, it make it very difficult for her to find any sort of like, pleasure and intimacy with me.
2: Right. So then if you can take some sort of pride and pleasure in her satisfaction that you cannot give her, right, then that could be what you get out of this. Right, And as long as you keep the lines of communication open, because the problem is resentment will build if you don't sit down and talk to her about things. So if something's bothering you, say she's seeing some guy you're not particularly happy with or something, you need to be able to go and say to her, this isn't working for me. Right. For whatever the reason is. Right. So as long as you keep those lines of communication open, you should be fine. And just take pride right. in the fact that what you're doing is you're facilitating her happiness.
1: Right. And uh, the thing with the gentleman who she's seeing right now, like he, like, like um, my wife, she's not into like developing an emotional relationship with these men. No, it's just purely physical for her. And the the guy she's seeing right now, he's like much younger than me. He's like I think ten years younger. And mm-hmm. the thing is that it works out good because although he's Caucasian, he's mainly into Asian women. And he currently has, like, mm-hmm. two other girlfriends, too. So there's no emotional attachment oh, no, to this there whole should arrangement. Never, these
2: guys, you've got to make sure that they are just sex toys.
1: Right. They're
2: not there to take your place. They're simply there right. to give her the sexual satisfaction you can't give her. The rest of that relationship is, like, your relationship is off limits. They are human walking, talking sex toys. That's it. There should be no emotional connections ever. Right. So it sounds to me like you guys are doing really good. So just keep up what you're doing. You you make it work for you. That's how all couples do it. You sit down and you figure out how it's going to work for the two of you. And it's going to be different between what you do and what you may read on the Internet or what your friends might be doing. The trick is to make it work for the couple. Right. Well, so thank and you, like, Charles. We, I really appreciate you calling in. we got to move along because i got to get to this topic of depression.
1: But I you, really do appreciate
2: you calling in.
1: Thank you, Dr. Sue. Thank
2: you, Charles. Cool. Thank you for Very calling cool. in, Charles. That was cool. Yes, it was. I saw what you were saying.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Just saying.
2: I saw that. <laughs> you and Bella... yes ma'am I am paying attention I may not seem like I am but don't you set me up women
3: (laughs) very proud of you doc very proud thank
2: you very much I you know I know I can see what's going on I'm actually proud of Charles it could have been worse so (laughs) excuse me (laughs) you really could have let's get on with our topic even though you know me, I'm always goofing around and having fun. This is a very serious topic. Depression okay. is not something that is humorous in any way. And I want, and, and, and the thing about the sex industry, and this is something that, because although this is a very broad subject and it's not just for the sex industry, it's not just the sex industry that's depressed, everybody's depressed was actually shocked by the poll on Twitter that I did that was like, you know, I think it's at 73% are, of people are suffering with depression silently. And that's the right. thing that really hurts me the most, is people are out there dealing with these things quietly because of the social stigma.
3: And, and for is sex sti- there industry is a workers,
2: stigma. we are really alone. A lot of us are doing things online. That means most of what we do is solitary. That's true. And there's this, so again, so you have the loneliness of what we do, you have the social stigma of what we do, because as sex workers, you know, you're not supposed to right. be. Right. Clearly, you're damaged if you do this anyways. So you sprinkle that with some shame. So if you feel ashamed, first of all, if you feel ashamed for what you're doing in this industry, if you are a sex worker and you feel ashamed, call me, because you shouldn't be.
4: That's and if you're right. ashamed,
2: you really shouldn't be doing what you're doing, because that's just going to make things much, much worse for you. Oh, Trista just said, I already feel broken. Why would I want others to know I'm broken? Again, and that's true. See, that's, that's not, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but that's, You have to know that you aren't the only one broken and that it's okay to to, to reach out. I don't care who it's to. Whoever you feel safe to, you need to have somewhere to go to talk and unload and get this stuff off your chest. I don't care if it's a friend, whoever it is. There is no reason for you to suffer silently because I'm sorry, you guys, you don't get brownie points for suffering. You're doing it needlessly. (coughs) There are that's ways true. of dealing with this. And there are even different kinds of depression. It's not just, oh, I'm depressed. There's different types of depression. So that's why some people can, you know, y- you talk to them, oh, yeah, I was depressed, and then they're like over it. And you're saying, you're never you're going, really okay, over why it? is it that they can get over it and I can't? Because there's different levels of it. So that person probably wasn't clinically depressed. They were probably just, you know, feeling down. And I think it's because we take that, um, we take that word of depression and we blanket it on everything. And I think that causes an issue, too, is that, you know, oh, I'm depressed. Stop using the word. <laughs> gotta stop using the word not everybody's depressed so we gotta you know it it, it shocked me that there are that many of you that are sitting there quietly and you're not you're not saying anything to anyone and that really is and actually I'll, I'll tell you a story in a little bit I was really even though that twitter poll is a very small it's a very small cross section it's 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 a micro it's like microcosm of what's going on on a broader scale, which is absolutely huge. Um, but okay, so let's get into what is depression. And I'll tell you something. I was doing some more research on this, and I, I shocked. I was shocked as hell to find Huffington Post quoted. like they, they they summed it up so beautifully, and I was like, really, the Huffington Post of all places. Depression is not a bad mood; it's a biological reality and a medical condition. And when we talk about it as anything less than that, we belittle the people suffering from it.
3: Amen. How beautiful!
2: That was just so succinct and beautiful. It was like I had to quote that from them. Like that was just absolutely perfect.
3: But what they're saying is really true.
2: Yeah, a lot of people really don't understand. Well, and and again, because of these different layers and different types of depression, some of us are dealing with chemical issues. Some of us are not. It all depends on how deeply down the rabbit hole you fall in or are genetically predisposed to.
3: That's true.
2: And what's really cool is a lot of people don't understand what depression is, and I tripped over this video on Huffington Post. It was done by ASAP Science, not ASAP Rocky, ASAP Science, so what I did was I put it up on InBed on this show page. You, if you guys want to learn about all the different ways your brain, it's only 3 minutes and 46 seconds. So honestly, it's worth looking at just to see the different types of depression and the different ways your brain could be reacting. And again, you can't really tell until you start getting into You know, how deeply depressed are you? Are you clinically depressed? If you're clinically depressed, then chances are you're probably going to need some medication.
3: True. And Belladonna says that it's an emotionally gripping feeling that makes you feel literally physically ill. And that is true. Depression can make you feel ill.
2: 100%. Thousand percent on that one. The thing about, okay, so here's, and and again, the video discusses this because it's a science video. Um, A quote from the video, it's important to remember that depression is a disease with biological basis along with psychological and social implications. It's not simply a weakness that somebody should get over or even something we have a say in. For many of us, this is it. That's
3: right, you
2: know you can't you you know it's not like something we signed up for um, when you're looking at depression, and this is what i I would like for you guys to take away more than anything is one that this is not something that someone sits there and is looking for attention. I was really disappointed this week to see Drake actually come out and, um, I can't even remember who it was with, but he, he actually came out and said that the guy was faking his depression. It's another rapper. The guy was faking his depression and it, that it was a phase he was going through.
3: And that's really that's frustrating kind of for people to say Why? that.
2: Because you've got to look at this.
3: Drake needs to
2: you know simma before he opens his mouth, simply because whether he <laughs> likes it or not, he's in a position of being a role model. Whether you want to be a role model or not, as soon as you put yourself out there, you become one. And people listen to what you say. And when you say something is just depression, is just a phase,
3: come on. Really? Right. And then if they think that you're acting one way or the other just so that you can get attention, that's That's not something that you have any control over, I mean, if you feel the way you feel, I mean, like you said, there's so many different levels of depression that it sometimes you just can't relate to other people. you can't relate to how other people are feeling, and mm-hmm. for them to think that you just want that attention is horrible
2: it's It's unnecessary and and <sighs> I'm not saying that some people don't ride that pony because they do. There are some people that say that they're depressed, and they're not. And again, like I said, because it's a blanket word. So I'm not Fine. saying that people don't milk it, because some people do. But <laughs> you can't. No, it's true. I mean, we've got to call, call this thing for what it is. You can't just sit there and say, oh, well, you know. Every single person. You're right. It should be a badge that you grab,
3: the take out, and put on and wear and there's you know, a lot of I'm yeah. depressed.
2: There's a lot of dramatic people that do that. So we can't you know, we can't say that it's all one way. One of the main reasons I got into therapy work at all was because of my first psychiatrist His first psychiatrist, and it sounds like I've gone through seven hundred. I've actually <laughs> only had three. And that's only because I've moved. So <laughs> I'm not quite <laughs> as crazy as I may sound. Um, anyways, he was like he was so brilliant, and he taught me so much. Because um, I went in originally when I had my daughter, and wasn't postpartum depression or anything. It was I became overprotective of her because of the abusive bra- background that I'm from. So Mine. luckily, I was self-aware enough to be able to recognize it and do something and fix it and all other crap that I was going through at the time too, which was kind of handy, but he taught me stuff, and he was, he was the one that sort of got me going. I had always had therapy simmering on the back burner, but he was like, yeah, no, he taught me things that, that's the best way to put it. He knew how to talk to me because I'm a very scientific-y kind of person, and I want to know the ins and outs of stuff. I want to know what makes things tick. So he knew how to talk to me. But I've been clinically, chronically depressed for easily over 40 years. Because it started for me when I was in very early childhood, just because of everything I grew up with. So I know what I'm talking about. And I've been hit with the stigma of having a mental illness just doing what I do now, let alone what's (laughs) happened in the past. Because there's a cool of thought out there that suggests that because I'm dealing with the issue, I can't help others.
3: Really? And, that's interesting. Um,
2: that's why there's, and honestly, that's why there's other people out there. If, if it bugs you that I have the same issue that I help other people with, then that's cool. Go ahead. You go over and go to someone else who doesn't do that. Personally, I would rather work with someone who's had the issue or ha- is dealing with the issue
3: Thank you. than
2: someone who doesn't. So right. that's just my thing. But now flash forward to last year, this time last year. A member of my family tried to commit suicide. And I've got to tell you, the guilt associated with not seeing the signs and not being there when they were down as low as they were, it, it, this is what I do for God's sake. So you can imagine where my head went. But when the person who's going through this, is doing everything in their power to hide it from you, you can't take that guilt with you. And that happens with parents of suicide victims. I should have been able to fix this. You can't. If they're going to hide it from you, and most of us do, if if they're going to hide it from you, there's nothing that you can do about that. And that's exactly what happened. Like I said, they didn't want me to have to deal with more than what I already did. Because... That brings up another issue, and that's the silently part of suffering with depression. Most people dealing with this are smiling in your face. You think that everything's just fantastic, but inside, it's a dark, negative place. So for those of you who are perhaps dealing with maybe a family member who has similar issues, um, you can't always see the signs because we are really good at morphing into a facade to cover the pain. Robin Williams is a perfect example. Yes, Robin Williams and all the other comedians that we've lost, and I I include losing them to drug overdose because, trust me, they were depressed. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't matter how you end up going out. The point is they were down that low. Um, They can go on stage. They can make you lose your freaking mind laughing. But the minute they walk off that stage, all that darkness comes crashing back. And for us regular folks, our stage is day-to-day life. It's meeting your neighbors.
3: Which is hard to do if you feel really bad about yourself or you feel really depressed.
2: It is. It really, really is.
3: <laughs> the other thing you'll find, though, is people who, uh, who
2: are depressed are usually the folks who are very empathetic. They feel everything, and that's part of the problem because they can feel everything of everyone around them. You can feel things that's going on in the world, and you feel them ten times more. That's why if we could take a little bit of psychopathy and just tone that down a bit to where we can kind of go, I don't give a shit. That would be great. Unfortunately, it's not that easy. So but you know what I was be...
3: thinking is that they should what? create a pill that, that says, I don't give a shit. You, you know, that when you take it, you don't give a shit anymore, and then that would, that would just sugarcoat everything for everybody, right? It would, but the problem with that
2: is if now if we have a whole walking pile of sociopaths, who don't <laughs> give a shit,
4: now we've got another problem. So
2: it's like we need a little tiny bit of that psychopathy, just, just a sprinkle of it. We don't want everyone just going, fuck it all. because everything would probably you, very much you, fall fuck apart. Fuck you, too. Right? It would be wonderful if we could do that. But, yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't work that easily. It would be so
3: nice, though.
2: And you've been Absolutely. depressed. Tell us, Peyton. Tell us what what your story is. What happened? Like, how? When did you start getting? When did you start noticing it?
3: I think what, the same as you. When I was a lot uh, younger in life, due to life circumstances, and then you know, just life does that to you. And then sometimes you just wake up, and or you don't want to wake up, and <laughs> you just know that you're there. And
4: um, mm-hmm.
3: I think for the last. Um, Twenty something years, I've been on one type of um, antidepressive medicine or another, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's hard, especially when you it's do. It's hard to stabilize, isn't
2: it? Some people it have real problems stabilizing with the drugs, and I'll get into the drugs later because there's another stigma with drugs too that we really need to get rid of. Right. But you know, like you got to do what you got to do, right? Like you. You're taking You your do have to do
3: better. what you have Correct. to do. Correct? Whatever makes you feel better. And even in some of the medicines make you feel so bad that you would rather not take them. And then I think we go through cycles, or some of us go through cycles. Like we're really up, mm. up, up, happy, happy, happy. And then the next thing you know, you're like, really, man, do I have to get out of bed? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> How am I going to get out of bed, you know? And then you go back through the I'm happy, happy, happy. I, what's that, manic depressive? Yeah, that would be Bipolar. I don't think I'm there, but I think sometimes I have those tendencies. (laughs) Well, there's
2: actually, now to be fair, there are two different types of bipolar. There's bipolar A and bipolar B. Bipolar A is the classic one that we all know about, which is you go on manic highs. But when you're on a manic high in classic bipolar A, you are on this manic high for weeks, Like, it goes for a long time. I always said to because at one point they diagnosed me as bipolar and I wasn't. And that was, oh, my God, that's a whole show in itself. That was a trip into hell. Because I was on medication Uh I should never have been on. Right. So your bipolar B, though, is someone who's going up and down and up and down and up and down. It's actually more rapid. Right. So there are two different types.
3: I've never been diagnosed with a uh, bipolar or any I know that uh, I have a family member that is and I think she's the devil sometimes. <laughs> I'm sure no, she doesn't
2: mean to be.
3: <laughs> she doesn't mean to be. You know, like if they get her medicine out of whack, it's like I don't know who came and took her body but please bring and this her is back. The thing.
2: This is the problem with the medication. No not a problem, it's just there's a whole whack of other issues when we get into medication. Um, let's quickly go over some symptoms of depression. I don't want to stay and dwell on the, on the symptoms, because most of us know when we're depressed. I would much rather discuss ways of coping and how to support yourselves and people who are going through this around you. Um, when we go over these symptoms really quickly, just remember that these symptoms are gonna vary from person to person you're going to have different combinations or things are going to be stronger one way or the other, but totally normal. Um, So start off. We'll start out with physical symptoms because Belladonna brought that up earlier. There are physical symptoms. Yeah, low energy. You can have all over pain, like a fibromyalgia pain. You can have stomach pain, headaches. You You end up with insomnia or hypersomnia. So you can either be sleeping all the time or can't sleep at all. Um, you'll have a change in your weight. So your weight can change again, either direction. Either you stop eating or you eat like a cow patty because you're trying to stop things. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just so colorful, aren't I? And we'll move on. Okay, so emotional symptoms. um, Continuous sadness. Now, because some people go, oh, I feel down," It's like, okay, no, you don't get it. (laughs) It's like, this kind yeah. of sadness, I think, the, I think a better word is hopelessness.
3: I, you yeah, get down I mean, that low, right. you get
2: hopeless. And you get you the feeling of out. worthlessness and excessive or inappropriate guilt. You know, you can end up with a loss of things, that you, things you used to love to do. You don't want to do them anymore. You and then to you start getting to into the suicidal thoughts behaviorally again change in appetite um you can be irritable you can be restless you can be a giant slug like i said you can just be like i'm not getting out of bed and then you've got cognitive symptoms such as a lack of focus oh totally living in a fog
3: Yeah, it's like The ability to they make decisions
2: <laughs> yes all you want to do is like put the put the covers over your head and just be like okay no everyone else is going to have to adult for me today cuz i'm not adulting today but let's, okay, really fast. I'm going to quickly, because if you want to get into, and I'm going to cover only one thing of, of what the brain does, but just so that you can understand what, how things work concerning depression so that you can see that this is actually a chemical thing. It's, an, it's not necessarily an imbalance. Um, so let, okay, so before we get going into that, let me just quickly explain to you what's physically happening inside your brain. And... What the pharmaceuticals do to correct it. And it helped me when I started to understand what was happening physically as opposed to someone just going, here, pop this. I'm not right. kind of person. So, and I see this all the time. I fixed my, okay, ready for this? This, is, this one makes me very sad, you guys. People, and this is why meds to me are very, very important. There's a huge stigma Surrounding medications for any mental illness I don't care what it is But most, for the most part Antidepressants is one of the big ones I fixed my depression Are you ready for this? You hear people say this all the time I fixed my depression and I didn't take any drugs
3: Mm -hmm. Hear that all
2: the time The problem with that statement Right It it makes it 100% Harder For those of us who are trying to get patients To take their meds Because now you've created that stigma. Chances are what was happening was you didn't have, you weren't clinically depressed. You were probably just blue.
4: So you can't,
2: you know, you can go down into a slight depression too where you're down for just say a few months and then you're able to bring yourself back out of it. That's beautiful. You should be very proud of that. And I'm not saying don't be proud of it. I'm just saying learn to reward things. Because when you when you brag about the fact that you did it without meds, kudos. But you're shaming the people who are I'm trying to get to take their meds. I had a guy, I had a patient of mine who was a clinically schizophrenic, just unbelievably schizophrenic. Trying to get him to take his meds is unbelievable. Um, unfortunately, I haven't heard from him, and I think what happened was is he's probably got locked up, which is a total shame. But he actually needed it. Um, but when you, when you go, oh, well, I'm not taking meds, and I get why you're taking that stance, and that's cool, but don't do the high and mighty thing, because you're doing everyone else a disservice who does have to take medication, and it shouldn't have a stigma around this. Um, essentially, this is what drugs do, just, just, just one small thing they act as a bridge because in some cases serotonin is not able to go from point A to point B. So what your drug is doing, it's like there's a huge hole and it can't jump over the hole. So the drug, what the drug does is it acts like a bridge. So now the serotonin can go la 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 on its merry way and go do its job. But if you take a look at the video that's on the show page on InBed, you'll see that there's tons of different biological issues that could be at play. So that's not just, but just it really simply you can see why the drugs are there, some of the drugs are there. When it comes to taking medication for your depression or any other mental illness, I say this to you, okay, now listen carefully. Always do your research. Don't take what your doctor says as gospel. That's right.
3: That's true. Because they are That's educated
2: true. guessers, my friends. Um, if in the end you choose to go with medication, don't look at that as a sign of weakness. It's not.
3: Now, Tristan how would doctor a explain this? Well,
2: how she would doctor explains me? Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, Peyton. <laughs> I'm
3: sorry, Tristan Robinson. No, the it, problem is we're not in the
2: studio, and I can't see her. That's the issue with doing it the way doing it this way. I can't see that she wants to talk. It would be nice if she could raise her hand, but it wouldn't matter. She could raise them all she wants. I can't see her, so jump in and tell me to shut up.
3: No, I'm Tristan shutting up. just Go ahead. said that it makes a uh, <laughs> that because people can't see depression, it's not a real illness, and that's a that's very right. very good point. They say that nothing's wrong with them. Like they can't look at look at her and see. Well, you're depressed or anything like that so that it's Mm -hmm. not really there. And I I 100% agree with that. People act like it's not really there.
2: Well, it's true. And and actually, how the doctor was a different, this was was the third shrink, how she (laughs) described it to me because I was a big one going, I don't want to be on meds, I don't want to be on meds. So I would constantly come off of them. I want to try and get off my meds. I want to try and Well, for me, because I have bigger issues, not like bigger issues as in I'm freaking nuts, but I mean I am more clinically depressed. So I've tried to come off them and I can't. So each time I try, I end up bottoming out and then you've got to crawl your way back out and it's just not worth it. But how she explained it to me was this, and, and I think this is probably the best way of looking at it. If you see someone who has type 1 diabetes, Okay? Not type 2, because type 2 is preventable. But type 1, the one that you're born with. So you see someone who has diabetes, and they're injecting their insulin. When you look at them, now granted, they're injecting insulin, and depression doesn't have anything that dramatic. Do you think, wow, what a weak-ass loser for him taking his shot?
3: Hell no. Why would we?
2: Exactly. But there is no difference between what's metabolic, you're still dealing with a brain issue. There's nothing wrong with you taking your medication. Now, obviously, like I said, it's you're not doing this, you're not doing it to stay alive, but in, in a sense, you are. It yeah, may sure not it be, are. your depression may not necessarily be killing you, but then again, it could. So let's look at this logically, like... What you and your doctor choose to do is your business. Um, but by no means does taking medication make you weak. I take my meds every day. Peyton takes her meds every day. One simple little pill, that's all I take. You know, yeah. I've tried, like I said, I've tried coming off them several times. It doesn't go well. Doesn't mean I won't stop trying to get off them. I know I will. It's just the way I do. But if this little <laughs> pill helps me feel sane, and keeps me from the black pits of hell, I'm a moron if I don't take it. Why would I want to torture myself on principle? It makes no sense. And remember, I hate big pharma. I'm the first person to say go natural, go organic, take as few meds as humanly possible, but you have to use your head. That would be you know, someone going, well, I'm not gonna take my insulin on the principle of I should have been born with you know, perfectly functioning system. Okay, <laughs> let me know how that works out for you. Right? It's
3: the same thing. We'll send your family flowers. Right?
2: So I don't want you to think you're weak, though, that you're going to Big Pharma, because that's bullshit. You're not weak because you're taking your meds. You're actually making yourself better. But just, you always want to think minimal amount of drugs for the best possible outcome. So,
3: right.
2: best outcome, least amount of drugs involved. That's all you got to try and think. And do your research. So... I want to move into how you can help yourself. Now, even if you take your meds, you're still going to get pissed off and you're still going to get sad. They don't make you crusty the frickin' clown, they even you out. Their point is to even you out. So the lows aren't putting you into the pits of hell. They're just irritating like a normal person would be irritated, and you don't get sucked into the squirrel spiral of negativity. I'll tell you about squirrels in a bit. Girl, (laughs) you need to cope with this illness. (laughs) And some of what I'm going to tell you right now, some of these coping mechanisms, they're unconventional. They are very unconventional. You got to keep an open mind. I am not a big believer in. I think regular therapy modalities of just doing the Freudian, let's just sit and discuss all this, works to a point. But at some point, you got to do stuff for you. So I'm not saying obviously don't go to therapy. Of course, go to therapy. You need to go to therapy. But you also gotta find other ways to cope with having this illness, and yes, it's an illness. So they might seem unconventional, some of them are kinda weird, but they have worked. They've worked for me, and they've worked for people that I've helped. So, number one, um, they're not in any order, except for the last one, is very important. But this one, it's just, they're all, you can take them for what it's worth, dump them for what it's worth, whatever you wanna do. My first one, I'm gonna tell you, is food. I had a chick that worked for me. It just cracked me up all the time. This chick worked for me when I had my sex shop. Good friend. She used to come in and we would, you know, everybody bitch. Well, I'm in a mood. Her mother used to tell her to eat fruit. And so it got to be this, this joke where if you're in a bad mood, someone would go, eat fruit. She wasn't that far off, okay? What am I talking about with food? Our food is poisoned on a daily basis. We are being poisoned by the food we eat. The food industry wants you sick because of what? The health industry profiting from your illness. Duh. So with that in mind, yeah, your brand name stuff and fast food are not your friend. Um, honestly, you could do a whole show on what they've done to the sugar molecule. Um, suffice it to say, you're being poisoned daily and the chemicals in your food are making you physically and mentally ill
1: Mhm.
2: So knowing that, try to eat and I know it's more expensive, but this is your life. This is your body, this is your health. Try to eat as organically as you can. So try to keep your food as clean as you can keep it. I'm not saying don't occasionally go and get a Big Mac. Go ahead. I'm not saying we're not saints, my God. You can't you just can't do that. But for the most part, try and clean up your food because the more you clean up your food and your drinks and, you know, all that stuff, the less those chemicals are going into your brain because, oh, God, they're going into your brain. Smoking is another one. People go, oh, uh, here we go. Unless it's weed, my friends, um, kick it to the curb. Nicotine actually screws with your neurotransmitters, and that's your serotonin. So... <laughs> Your serotonin's already crabby, so why would you make it worse? So if you can, try and say no to cigarettes. Um, check to make sure too that you don't have any other medical issues, like thyroid, for example. Thyroid can mimic depression. It
3: can um, cause you to be a psychopath walking. <laughs> <laughs> Because I have this issue too.
2: I swear it's, I have only two issues: the depression. the only two meds I take are depression and and my thyroid meds, and that's it. And it's because you see, listen to what I just did. Listen to what I just did. I just qualified my meds. That's the shit we got to stop doing. Look, okay, I'm only like on qualified. two. You see, but seriously, we just automatically do that because we don't want anyone to think we're crazy. Oh, look, I'm only on two meds, I
3: swear to God. we got to stop doing that. And so right. I See how
2: quick it, and easy it is to constantly be in defense mode. It's not, and you not like you can help that your mode.
3: thyroid took a left turn. You know what I'm saying? You can't help I that. I don't care
2: what it is. Don't be ashamed of what has gone wrong. Just move forward. And I mean, my God, thyroid and thyroid, understand how it mimics depression, is if I don't take my thyroid meds, which I finally got stabilized, because they're a pain Amen. in the ass to stabilize. Um, it feels, this is the best way for me to put it to you, it feels like a toy. If you Remember the old wind up toys with keys? So you used to wind mm-hmm. it and wind it and wind it. It literally, to me, feels like when that toy is starting to run down. You feel it your does. life force draining from your body. It's the weirdest feeling. It so. Is. It can obviously, if you start to sleep a lot, you're like, okay, wait a minute. It could be a different issue. It could also be that your depression is coming from other drugs you could be on. So, I mean, there's tons, tons and tons, and I'm talking regular big pharma medications. There are tons that cause depression, heart medications, everything you can imagine. There's lots of them that do. So first check and make sure you're not having some kind of a, you know, drug interaction, or it could be something that you're coming off with that way. Um, Another one. So just, and that one, honestly, you guys, honestly check your meds first. Check to see that you're not having an interaction. Check and see that there's not something else physically wrong. So go to your doctor, get a checkup, tell them how you're feeling, so that they can kind of rule stuff out.
3: I just wanted to say, too, that If you're suffering from one physical illness that you're having to take a medicine for, like your thyroid or other hormone replacement, make sure you have a physician that will listen to you. There's nothing worse than trying to talk to someone or get yourself some help, and then you have someone who doesn't really pay attention to what you are trying to say. Um, And if you have the thyroid and whatever else, you do need to... Keep your labs drawn and keep up on that because it's hard to distinguish between, like what Doc said, depression and or another issue.
4: It really,
2: really is. And until you can get, say, for example, your thyroid, until you can get it stabilized, it can really screw with you. So check your meds. That's another huge, huge, huge one. Another one that's huge, I'm sorry, I don't care what anybody says about this and you guys are all going to go, nah, take a social media break. The negativity on social media is off the chart. The hate that's yes. skewed under the guise of a computer is not something anyone, and I mean anyone on this planet can handle. It will that's get true. you. And even if you love your social media and you don't have trolls, which I'm sorry, I find that weird unless the only people on your social media are your family, it's still good to take a break from computers in general. Walk away from them. Get outside. Get some air. Get some, you don't have to talk to anybody. I'm not saying you got to go out and be, you know, Princess Patty at the party. But you go out. Go for a walk. Get some air. Get away from social media. Get away from your computer. Get away from electronic devices. Put your phones down.
3: It does you a world of good. Even if it's 10 or 15 minutes, even if you don't feel like going outside, it doesn't matter. You feel better when you come back. Just make yourself do it.
2: And you will. And, and fresh air and walking is actually really, really good for you, but not just from that standpoint. Because what you're going to do is exercise is huge. And I know people hate it, but you can actually, because exercise is going to pump up one your adrenaline. It's going to also give you a rush of dopamine, which feels yummy. So don't knock getting out there, getting some fresh air and moving around. Because even though you don't want to, make yourself do it. I don't care if it's for True five minutes. That. Get out of the house. The other thing I want to lump in here is stop watching the news. I don't. The only Ouch, time I will I watch, never the news, watch the
3: news. Right?
2: The only time I will ever watch the news is if something big's going down. Then I will.
3: <laughs>
2: okay, so that you know, once something when something big is going on, then I'll go check it out. But otherwise, day to day, six o'clock news, no. Don't do it. You mm-hmm. gotta news remember will make you that, want to
3: shoot yourself in the face.
2: Right? Because the <laughs> whole point is there's no journalism anymore. It's all media study. So you're only going to get what they want you to see, and if it bleeds, it leads. <laughs> just is what it is. So let it go. If you need the news for a particular reason, sign up and get it sent to your email. Try and stay right. away from news. Put your phones down. Now, one that Bellin mentioned earlier, look at your relationships is huge. True that. Now, this one's harder to do, though. But remember, I said unconventional for some of my suggestions. Are you in a toxic relationship? Are you surrounding yourself with toxic people? And I'm not talking just your spouse. This is anybody, family member, friend, business person, any kind of business relationship you have, your staff. And what I mean by staff is your banker, your doctor, your lawyer, your dentist, Toxic people have to go. You have to cut them out of your life. I'm sorry. I don't care. Even if if they're blood
3: relatives, then that's hard. It doesn't matter. Sometimes you just have to let that go.
2: You gotta look at do these people support you or are they holding you where you are? Because you gotta remember that misery loves company and people don't like you to be happy because everybody's miserable. So it's possible that the people you're surrounding yourself with is keeping you down. And I don't mean, oh, let's just put them over here. I mean, cut them. This is your life again. Don't allow these negative people, these toxic people, into your life. Even if it's your best friend for 15 years. Best friend of 15 years, I took mine. Gone. She blew it. Right. Haven't talked to her since. And I know she's pissed. I don't care. I'm not going to have people around me who are dragging me down. So ask yourself, are the people around you supporting you or holding you where you are? And if they're not supporting you, toss them. It doesn't matter. This is your life we're talking about here. This is your sanity we're talking about. And yeah, it's hard to toss a family member. I'm not saying it's easy, but I've tossed several. And you will not believe how wonderful it feels to have the weight off your back.
3: It does. It really feels good when you have all that. um, It's like a giant competition with some people. Like you said, Doc, it's like they never really want to see you happy. And the minute that you get rid of that painful part of your life or relationship with people, you can see how things actually should be for you, and it feels a lot better.
2: Exactly. So don't... Like I said, don't just go, oh, well, you know.
3: And, and I know some
2: religious doctrines will say, you know, you should forgive. You can forgive them. Forgive them, but get rid of them. Don't hold a grudge. Don't hold a grudge, but get them out of your space. This is your private, personal space, and you have to make sure that it's clean and it doesn't have any dark negativity surrounding it. That's your job. Cheryl just
3: brought up with, a good point. She said that we hmm. should stop doing things for everyone, always trying to do things for other people versus doing for ourselves. Oh, you have to. That's usually that's how you'll end up
2: depressed point. in the first place. Mm-hmm. You're trying to please so many people, and that's not what you're here for. You're here to please yourself. It may sound selfish, but that's what it is.
4: So that's right, right up
2: there with create a support system for yourself. I want you to surround yourself with people who care about you, They have to care about you, not themselves. When you call up a friend, if that friend doesn't ask you, how are you doing, and be genuinely interested, or if they switch it back to me, 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 get rid of them. That's not a friend. You need to surround yourself with people who care about you, even if it's only one person. doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be a room full of people. Because once you start surrounding yourself with positive people, more will come into your experience. But if you surround yourself with negative people, you're also going to get more negative people. So this brings me Very to my true. final point. And, yeah, there's—I trust me, guys, there are a million things you can do for depression, millions. This is just skimming the top. And I'm going to get into this final point, this final point, which to me is the most important one, and that's your thoughts. What you're saying oh, in your you're head so right. is the most important thing about any of the advice I give you tonight. It's one of the hardest but only if you believe that. So I'm gonna dive okay, we're gonna dive into some more unconventional stiff stuff here. So try to keep an open mind. Our thoughts have energy and they once do. you think they have them, a
3: life of their own.
2: They do, they come alive. And this has been proven scientifically in labs. Okay, see so if you want, go online, go in, check it out. No problem. You'll find it. And that's why your internal dialogue is so important. Now, this is where the unconventional stuff comes in. There's a universal law that some of you may have heard about, and it's (laughs) called the law of attraction. It's not new, although pop culture would probably like you to think it's new. It functions not unlike the law of gravity which sounds really weird but this is why it's universal in other words it's doing its thing whether you believe it's whether you believe in the law of attraction or not it's still going to function it's still going to be out there it's still going to do its thing constantly so it's like if you wake up in the morning you don't think well i hope gravity's working today right <laughs> It just does. It's a universal thing. It's You're there. Right. It does. It we don't have people who does. don't believe in gravity suddenly floating and lifting off and drifting into space. Right. So it's the same with the law of attraction. Whether you believe in it or not, it's still doing its thing. So you can say, oh, I don't believe in all that law of attraction bullshit. All you want.
4: But it's it true. The laws of attraction is true.
2: It doesn't matter. It's still going to do what it's doing. and. So for those of you who don't understand or have never heard of the Law of Attraction, I'll keep it really simple because, again, Law of Attraction I could do a million shows on. And gonna for the sake of what we're discussing, I'll keep it in the realm of our thoughts. So what you think about will immediately be followed by a similar thought.
3: And also by action.
2: What you focus on, you get more of. The universe is set up to give you exactly what you ask for. So in the case of depression, you have to be hyper-aware of what you're thinking, your self-talk especially. So for example, if I'm feeling bummed about something, let's say someone said something on social media that was negative about me, (laughs)
1: like
2: that hasn't happened. I (laughs) I can dwell on it. I can look at it. Look what it was said over and over. And within seconds, I'm adding to what they said. So now it's getting bigger. Now it's, giving, now it's coming to life. Yeah, you're stupid. You do suck. And these are what I call mind squirrels because they start chattering and going around and around and around and around and around and around. And within minutes, you can end up at the bottom of the deepest, darkest hole you can imagine. Because you're buying into to the thoughts that you're thinking. Because once you think one negative thought, another negative thought comes to it. Because it's attracted to it. And it'll keep going unless you break that cycle. So now, remembering that the law of attraction can work, could, it works the other way too. So if we go to a happier thought... And I say happier because if you're despondent and in a place of hopelessness, it's hard to jump to happy. seriously, believe it or not, the jump from hopelessness to anger is really good. That's what you want. So we're not. I'm not saying okay, you know, jump from feeling completely hopeless to being yippee skippy. It's not going to happen. So.
3: So um, Pamper says, how how? So Doc, how do you fight the perpetual thoughts?
2: I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm getting there. <laughs> Simmer down now, Pampy. So, hold on. Where are we? So, too big of a jump. If we try to go from really super negative into really super positive, we don't want you doing that because it's, it's too hard, and once you start doing that, you're going to go, I can't do this, and it's stupid, and I don't want to do it. When you're really down, and say, for example, you have one person, there's usually one person in your life, you have a friend or somebody who can make you laugh at something really stupid, no matter how down you are. They just brought you up a couple of notches by doing that. That's what you're going to be doing. So it's not enough to make you sing and dance, and woo. it just snapped you out of it for a minute. And if you can focus on a better feeling thought for just a couple of seconds you'll get more good-feeling thoughts to follow it. So the trick is to be relentlessly aware of your thoughts because, let's face it, a lot of this is on autopilot. So you're mm-hmm. listening to it and it's chitter-chatter and whatever. But you've got to be relentlessly aware. Notice when you go into one of those squirrel spirals and you're sitting there going, God, I suck, I blow out of your piece of crap. Pull yourself out of that. So notice that it's there. And then what you're gonna do is as soon as you notice you're in that place, okay fine, now I'm gonna switch to a better feeling thought. Like I said, it doesn't have to be yippy skippy. And why I say thought, you can you can break the cycle any way you want to. You can
4: go pet your dog. Self meditate,
3: no, I'm kidding. <laughs>
4: Smoke a joint. I was
3: just kidding. Um, Nobody self (laughs) Yeah,
2: Yeah, because that leads us to a whole set of other problems. But, hey. I was just just kidding. Seriously, though. If smoking a joint makes you – I will never be down with hard drugs that don't even go down that road. But if smoking a joint makes you feel better, go right ahead. The only drawback is smoking a joint when you're depressed tends to make you more lethargic, and that's not quite what you need when you're down. (laughs) So it just kind of adds to that. But seriously, what you're doing is you're your breaking a pattern. You're smacking your squirrels. You're breaking a pattern because that's all you're doing is going around and around and around. So, okay, now we've got to break it. And we break it hey, either no, by doing something filthy. or thinking something better. Get it?
3: Smacking your, smacking your squirrels sounds real filthy, I'm just saying. Oh yes, it does, doesn't it? <laughs>
2: Honestly, no. That's the best a thing you can word. do is be relentlessly aware of what you are thinking, and to try as best as you can to straighten your thoughts out. Because if, like I said, if if that troll on the on social media, for example, let's look at it this way: if the troll on social media, um. Because it's, it's hard. That one isn't really a good one. Because I'm saying like, okay, the troll on social <laughs> media sure you're is. not going to be really quick. I get that. You're not going to be really quick at dropping. Like that's not something where you can go, oh, well, I'll just focus on something else. Now, understand, if you were psychopathic, so think about this for a minute. If you were a psychopath, that troll wouldn't even blip on your radar. <clears throat> right. So this is why we can learn from psychopaths and this is why you guys got to understand that psychopathy does not equal serial killer there are more psychopaths out there every, there's, I think it's one in five is a psychopath it just means that they have no empathy it doesn't mean that they're automatically you know running out stabbing everybody to death that's not what that is that's what I'm saying if we could take a little tiny bit of that and learn from them that you know sometimes it's easier not to give a shit you try and drop what you can't control. So you can't control what this troll on the internet's doing. They're going to come after you regardless. Bye. The hardest part is to not react. And I, I am the queen of reacting. I'm still learning how to do that.
3: So the best thing, when they say something negative, right, this is what I do. I put hide their stuff where I'm not necessarily blocking them. They still think that they're talking to me, and I never see what they're saying. They're just talking, 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 looking more ridiculous than the first time they ever said anything. And you're right, it is hard not to respond because I have to sit on my hands sometimes. But ever since I've learned to just put their feed to where I can no longer see it, it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. to me anymore. It does. The less you look at it, the
2: better. Sometimes when you get into a fight like that, you do tend to check social media constantly, and you—it's a, it's a hard thing to pull yourself out of because, I mean, I did all this in the spring, man. I went through all this in the spring on Twitter. It's you have to learn. The, the wisest thing you will ever learn is to not react. Doesn't mean you're not going to be hurt. Doesn't mean you're not going to, you know, feel like shit. But or be mad, or not react talk about it behind
3: the scenes. But at least they're not getting the satisfaction of seeing you say something.
2: It's not even. It's not even that. I'm saying for your own sanity, right. don't react. Because the first thing you're going to do is going to have an emotional response to that. So, and that emotional That's response true. isn't going to help you at all.
3: You're that right. That first right.
2: response, you're going to want to kick the shit out of them.
3: You're yes, going to, want to you smother do.
2: them with a pillow. I really wanted to smother her with a pillow. That was <laughs> right, wild. Like I just if she was right here I would smother her just like forget and it. And I
3: would look the other way, okay, doc? <laughs> <laughs> no, you can help me hold the pillow over it. <laughs> well, I can climb up it. Never mind. We'll talk about that later.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh my god.
2: So, yeah, if you oh, can just goodness. try and be more relentlessly aware and know that the negative thoughts that are coming into your head, once you're in that squirrel spiral, first of all, they're lying because they're only giving you what you originally thought. So it's it's adding to what you originally thought. And what you isn't originally thought squirrels. isn't true necessarily. So and And a belief, keep this in mind, guys, a belief is only a thought we think over and over and over. That's it. That's why everybody's beliefs That's powerful.
3: are powerful. Say that again, Doc. That is really powerful.
2: A belief is a thought you think over and over and over. It does not make it true.
3: See guys? You should really suck that one up. Take it in.
2: Suck it up, man. Smack the squirrels.
3: <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm getting
2: silly. Squirrel. I've been talking too long. My God. However, that's, so, again, it was just brief, just some small things that you can do. Hopefully you can work with it. If you need any help, get in touch with me. That's what I do. This is what I'm here for. We have a couple callers. And she's very good at
3: it,
2: (laughs) I'm going to see what our callers have to say. So are you ready? Ready. You guys, you going to set me up again?
3: (laughs) No, ma'am, we're not setting you up. Right, Belle?
2: Hello, you're in bed with Doctor Sue. Who are you?
0: Hi, can you hear hello?
2: me? Hello, I can hear you now. Yes, hello.
0: Hi, Doctor. It's it's Pamper Pants.
2: Ah, oh, hi, Pamps. How you doing? How are you? I'm very How good. Are How doing? are
0: you? Good, good. Good Get to hear you
2: and, again. And you, like, you're not really Pamper Pants now. You're Carolyn no, Christine. On, I,
0: I am in transition.
2: I love it. Yep. You finally have an identity other than pamper pants. I'm thrilled with that.
0: I do. I do, and I'm I'm happy, and it took a long time to come to grips with it. And I think part of the reason why it took me so long was because some of the people were holding me back and some of the <laughs> toxic relationships I was in and all the things you have been talking about are – really resonating, um, and I just, um, I'm much happier now. But I, you know, I'm, I'm right now in a, in a questionable relationship with a mistress, and I feel like I, I'm not quite sure what to make of it. I thought it would make me happy, and I thought it would, um, you know, expose me to new things and um, help me enjoy a personal side of my life. But I'm, you know, now realizing she has some of the same uh, tendencies that I do and gets into the squirrel spiral, and I'm not so sure anymore. Um, And as, you know, you and I have talked in the past, I came also from an abusive home, an abusive background, and it's been very difficult to escape. Mm -hmm. And I'm not on meds, but I have done a lot of studying and I have done a lot of research on how do I break the cycle of just the negative perpetual thoughts and how do I get out of thinking the things that just beat myself down and I also was in therapy but realized um, I wasn't getting the right help from a Mm -hmm. therapist Mm -hmm. which can also be very detrimental to recovery. It can be very frustrating.
2: That's very true. Finding a Horrible. decent therapist is very, it's not the easiest thing you can think of because you need to have a rapport with that person. You need to trust them. You, it's, it's such a very personal relationship with a therapist. And honestly, you guys, not every therapist is cracked up to be doing, number one, what they're doing. And you also get a lot of, no matter what's going to happen, you will always have that therapist. Morals and beliefs coming through in their therapy, so they will be right, you know, they could the be thing. judging you and well. I think what you do is deviant. Oh my God, I hear that all the time. Sex therapists actually telling people with fetishes that they're deviant. Are you kidding me? That
0: tells me you don't know what you're talking about. So this she is she would the problem. tell me my they life do is so a mess. Much damage. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. She would tell me my life is a mess, and that's why you're here. And I said, well, what? You know what's the end game? How will I know that I'm I, I'm I'm better or that I'm getting better? She said, "Well, I will let you know." And you know, just some <laughs> of the things. Bless oh God. oh my God! I'll let you know. Just, oh I, good. Yeah, yeah. Do
2: do give me that memo, will you?
0: Yeah, really. I'll uh, yeah <laughs> I'll look you up for that. <laughs> oh my God! So it's just you know, and, so that obviously puts a. A barrier to to getting to things like changing your habits and mental affirmation and and getting out of the the cycle of um, abusive thoughts and that's something that I think I really could use your help with and okay. because I I have continuous thoughts about my abusive mother I mean it is it's awful right. just and we need to let her go. Again, so it's so time hard. to
4: let her
2: and that whole situation go. You're clinging to it.
0: Yeah, you know, we don't know why you're clinging
2: to it, but you're clinging to it. And usually, a lot of times, that has to do with the fact that you're used to that. When you grew up what with I was crazy, say. I grew up with crazy, that's it? and you get you don't know you're in crazy until you pull out of crazy, and then you go, "What the hell was I in?"
0: Because that's so normal. that's that's <laughs> yeah. normal. Yeah. Exactly. So, so how? So what? You know, you you talked about a lot of things like food and not you know, not surrounding yourself with to toxic people. So what what are the other mental gymnastics that we can perform? Obviously, exercise and not smoking and you know those things. But but you know, just diverting your mind and doing the things in your anything mind helps. that steer steer you away from
4: anything
0: that
2: spirally, though. It doesn't matter what it is. What you're doing is you're breaking that. So if this is similar. Squirrels run similarly to a record with an old-fashioned record with a record player and a needle in a groove. It's going around and around in this groove, and it doesn't know any better. So you need to be able to flick the needle and bump it out of that groove. So by distracting yourself, because there, there really isn't anything major to it, It's literally taking yourself out of the negativity even if it's for a few seconds. And I know this sounds, well, what the hell's the point? Because what's going to happen is it's going to build. You're going to suddenly start noticing at the beginning you're going to be like, every five minutes I'm thinking negative thoughts and it doesn't matter how often I try to distract myself. Just keep doing it because you're retraining the brain. So whether it's stuff you enjoy doing, um, put on music. I don't care what it is. Just break the cycle as soon as you notice you're in it. Whether it's picking up a book, books are good because it makes your mind focus on something else. Right. Movies, same thing. TV shows, I don't care what it is, you're breaking the cycle. And you're going to have to do that a lot at the beginning. A hell of a lot. Because your mind is used to being in that groove. And every time you bump it out, it's going to bump right back again. But it doesn't mean it can't be fixed. It's just continuously fixing it. And then eventually what's going to happen is you're going to start noticing, well, shit, I'm not doing this quite so often. I don't have to do this as much. And that's what's going to start happening. So it doesn't matter what the distraction is. The point is to get your squirrel's attention away from whatever it is that's going on, and it's usually self-loathing. And it's so so easy. So easy. Yeah. It's, and meditation. And you were the one that got me into doing that one, the app,
0: which I don't do yeah, the I'm doing anything else. Yeah, the Yeah, Headspace, which I have been doing. Use the yeah, app. Yeah. It
2: does help. Meditation is so crazy good for you guys.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't
2: care what, you know, out of anything, if you pick up nothing else, try and pick up yoga and try and pick up meditation. You want a good book? Um, Dan Harris's book is really, really good on meditation. And I think it's um, 10 minutes, no. 10 percent happier, that's it. The name of the book, 10 percent Happier. You can get it on um, Amazon, of course. And he is a journalist from ABC News, I think it's ABC. and he learned how to meditate, and it's about his journey and how he figured out how to do it. And what I like about it is the fact that he's like you and me busy as shit, but he figured out how to do it, and granted, he went through hell trying to figure it all out, but in the yeah. end, he was able to condense it down and can show you guys how to do it simply, as opposed to, because everyone goes, okay, well now you're supposed to just get all the thoughts out of your head. That's too hard.
3: Yeah, it is too and hard. And again,
2: but... the same thing with meditation. If the whole point is for you just to focus, for example, you can just focus on your breathing. So you do in through your nose, out through your mouth. Anybody who's listened to my hypnosis knows I do that, teach everybody that all the time. That will, first of all, calm your body and your brain faster than anything else rather than mouth breathing. So in through the nose, out through the mouth. Start doing that, and what you're doing is you're going to concentrate on the breath itself. Feel how it's going through your lungs. Concentrate on how it's going through your lungs. Concentrate on how it fills them. What your body does. Does your stomach stick out? Does it go in? Does it just sort of get into the breath itself? And then release it. And see how long you can stay focused on only the breath. That's it. Just the breath. (laughs) And trust me, I can, to this day, I'm still working on it because it's not an easy (coughs) thing to do. I can make it approximately 10 seconds right now without thoughts. And everybody's going, that's crap. It's not. It's, again, you're retraining the brain. You have to keep doing it over and over. It's like anything else. If you pick up a sport, you don't know it the minute you pick it up. You have to practice this stuff. So it does take discipline.
0: Yeah, and time. It takes just, discipline, just, time, and be kind to yourself. Yeah, I just wonder be how be much time. To yourself. To, especially when you know you you suffered abuse for decades, literally mm-hmm. decades of, you know what you described and what I've oh, been yeah. through. It just it's awful. It's just so think
2: about it. You've had decades to create that groove in the record. It's yep. not. I'm sorry, you guys. I wish I could give you something magical that would make all of this so simple and easy. But when you've gone through decades of negative talk and been through abusive situations, it's going to take a while for you to get yourself on track. Be kind to yourself. You Don't beat yourself up. I only held it like two seconds. I wasn't able to, you know, stay focused on my breath, and, and all of a sudden thoughts came back in. It's okay. Just go, okay, no problem. And literally what you do is don't beat yourself up. Don't get upset. Just go back to your breathing. So as soon as you notice the thoughts coming in, oh, I'm starting to drift, go back to focus on your breathing. And that's literally what you're doing. And it's the same with, you know, doing something to distract the negative thoughts. Yeah,
0: just that's great. Just over.
2: And over and over, relentlessly aware of the thoughts, relentlessly doing this over and over until it fixes itself. Because it will. That I guarantee you, it will.
0: That's a great tip. Thank you.
2: You can do it. Well, thank you so very much for calling in, my sweet Carolyn. It's good to talk to you
0: again. I'm really I know. glad to hear you. <laughs> Well, thank, really you,
2: thank you, thank you, oh. thank you very, very much for calling in, and I appreciate very you sharing welcome. this with everybody.
0: I'll go back on mute. I'll let you guys keep going. Okay.
2: I'll put you on mute. Thank yet. you. <laughs> All
0: right.
2: So, and we have another caller. Are you ready? You ready, ready, ready? We're ready. Should, should I be ready for this?
0: I don't Maybe. trust you guys anymore. <laughs> oh, good.
4: <laughs> Hi, you're in bed with Dr. Sue. Who's this? Hi, Hello. this is Miss Polly Bell. Polly, how you
2: doing, Polly Bell?
4: I am wonderful. How are you?
2: I'm fantastic, and I am so glad you called in. It's very nice to hear your voice.
4: Thank you. I just wanted to add on your getting outside and walking. Uh, former social worker here. Make sure the uh-huh. sun is so- still shining because if you don't get enough sunshine in your life it actually can cause you to have depression. Yep. Seasonal
2: affective disorder.
4: Yeah. Is that vitamin D? Seasonal
2: affective disorder and that can happen in the winter. It will actually happen if you unless technically unless you're living down by the equator and you're in sun all the time, <laughs> you're probably in some way even slightly affected by SAD, which is seasonal affective disorder.
4: Right. So, yeah, you can get and the, sun
2: lamps. are great for that. They have those, you know, where you can actually sit in front of them, and they do help.
4: Yes, and it's that vitamin. Anytime you throw your vitamins in your system out of order, it causes any of that to get worse. Nice. I'm a huge believer in the organic food. Yep. Yeah. For
2: sure. And I we are to, being poisoned.
4: Yes, we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the pesticides on our fruits and vegetables alone. And I also want to, uh, whether you use Eastern or Western medicine, because mm-hmm. meds are important. And I love that you, you know, likened it to diabetes because that's what I did when I was in social work.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: If you do decide to go natural, things like St. John's Wort, yep, have interactions with all kinds of things. Please so be, be careful. careful. Yeah, make sure Yeah, the natural route is great. A professional knows what you're doing.
2: Please go to a naturopath. If you're going to go down that route, make sure that someone is monitoring you. And you cannot, please, please do not do this. If you are taking antidepressants, do not take St. John's wort with them. Don't think that it's going to boost them in any way, it will actually screw them up. What does it do exactly? I don't know how. It, it ends up blocking them or something, and I think it just completely screws it up in some way. But it says right on it that you don't ever want to take St. John's wort with an antidepressant. You would think, it oh, well, you know, have, let's all dump it all and birth. put it all
3: together, but it doesn't work. Okay. Remember when that was the big deal back in, I don't know how long ago it was, but that was the thing everyone was taking, St. John's wort, to try to ward off. Uh Depression and things uh, like that
4: it works well with people with light symptoms, not so much severe right but that's something that a trained professional needs to look at exactly and i also i'm a firm believer in dominance. Watch how your subs are acting, mhm. You can tell them to go get help.
3: Yes, yeah. you can. I'm a firm, that's true.
4: firm believer. You see someone's having problems, step up. Tell them, go get help. Yep.
3: Absolutely.
2: That's To me, That's that should be something that
3: you should be doing anyway because it falls under does. safe,
2: sane, and consensual. You've got to take care of these exactly. guys. Exactly.
3: Yeah, it's your responsibility to take care of them.
2: It's no different than if you're doing a real-time session, you're flogging someone, you're working on them. They have an emotional break, and that happens a lot.
1: They have yeah. an emotional
2: break. You've got to know how to handle that. So in the same respect, if you, have a, if you notice a sub is down and you notice somebody is feeling really, really depressed or is even having suicidal thoughts, my God, do something. Don't just sit there. Absolutely. It's not someone cry. They're, they're screaming for help, and you're just like, oh, well, it's probably just part of his shtick. You might want to look into it. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. No, the second they say the word suicide, it yep. doesn't matter if they're just joking around or playing. You treat it as serious because you never know.
3: Mm-hmm. You absolutely do. Totally.
4: Well, thank you for letting me thank be on you, your Polly show. Hey, Polly Bell. to nice you. Evening. Hey, Polly Bell, wait. I'm sorry? Oh.
2: Tell everybody where they can find you. Oh. Uh, we see um, on
4: on Twitter, Miss Polly Bell, and also I'm on com a lot. So there you go. If you get to
2: uh, see, so for those of you who don't know, Polly Bell is a dom. So yes. we know her. <laughs> you guys probably don't. So check out findoms and go find Polly Bell.
4: <laughs> well, y'all have a good night.
3: Thank you. you nice to meet Thanks you. Thanks for
2: calling in.
4: All right. right. Bye bye.
2: Want more? Tell me you want
3: more. More. <laughs> more. 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 Hello.
2: Are you still on hold?
0: I am. Oh, I'm on hold.
2: Okay. Oh, okay. Cool. That's okay. That one was a hold, so that's okay. So there you go. da da da. Da
3: da da da. We did it. You did it. <laughs>
2: so, guys, just
3: understand
2: you're not alone. You're not crazy. And you're allowed to reach out for help. Please reach out for help. You can't do it all on your own. And it doesn't make you weak to do so. Seriously. Asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's a not sign that you all. got your shit together. And get in touch with me. You know? If you don't want to talk to anybody else, I, uh, that's what I do. Get in touch with me. You know, find me in any way, shape, or form anywhere, and just I'm happy to talk to you about it. Happy to get you somebody in your area that you can talk to yourself. So just don't suffer silently. The more we discuss this, the more we get this out in the open, the less of these stigmas are going to be attached to this. So I'm going to say that this is like basically over da, 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 da. hey Peyton da, 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 da. you're Ma'am? so cool thank you so much for being here and keeping me company it's more fun with two people it's always uh, more fun thank with two you. People. Uh.
3: <clears throat> yes it is I'll be here anytime you need me
2: yes yes so where can everyone find the beautiful Miss Peyton how can they serve you
3: <laughs> you can find me at Peyton Breaks You on Twitter. You can find me at sensualdominationmistress.com, dot com. Or you can find me on Nightflirt at PeytonWillBreakYou. Will
2: Break You. Tanya, she's everywhere. I know you've just <laughs> fallen in love with that voice. I know you have. So make sure um, that you give her a call, look her up. Just thank do you it, Doc. <laughs> You're welcome, Sweet Pea. Thank you very much for being on the show.
3: Thanks, everybody, for being here
2: and for participating. A... Okay, so real quick, before I take off, you can find moi um, on Kinky Magazine. That's kink, letter E, magazine.com. I do Cuckold Corner over there if you want to read it. The other thing is you can also reach me at the Dr. Sue Review Dr. the TheDrSueReview.com, and of course, InBedWithDrSue.com, which is where we keep all the blogs, or not blogs, podcasts, duh. Also, check out the new bitch on the block, you guys, new bitch on the block, Ashley Jill. Head over to AshleyJill.net, she is your gothic pale smoking princess of fetish. She is honestly one of the best smoking fetish model doms out there. And yeah, I'm a little bit biased since it's my kid, but she learned from the best boys. So I'm telling you, she, you guys are going to be hooked. So head over to AshleyJill.net. Um, the other thing is on November the 15th, please write this down. I will be on the Tune show at 8 p.m. We will be discussing menopause. I want every bitch to grab your bitch friends. And we're all going to sit around and you're going to learn something because, damn it, we don't discuss this. So we are going to hit it hard and heavy on Menopause November the 15th on the Entune Show right here on Blog Talk Radio. So until the next show, you guys, embrace your differences because without them, you wouldn't be the unique, amazing person you are. Good night, you guys. Thank you all for tuning in.